back to Popcorn for Dinner. This is Jeff. And Kelly. Stoner Movie Month concludes here today. Right now. Right now. With Tenacious D in the pick of destiny. I always forget that it's in and not and mm-hmm. every was... single time. I wrote at the top of my notes, I wrote Tenacious D and the pick of destiny. And then the movie started. <laughs> I changed it. I was like, oh, whoops. I don't think I ever really knew that it was yeah, in, yeah. not and. Mm-hmm. This one was, I, I didn't even really think of it at first when we were kind of game planning mm-hmm. these movies for the month. There were, you know, uh, Half Baked was one that we had considered. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dazed and Confused is one we had considered. Mm-hmm. Bill and Ted we had briefly considered before yeah. I looked into it and realized that Bill and Ted aren't stoners. <clears throat> They're just like surfer dude kind of guys. They don't yeah. actually do drugs at all. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that, okay, that kind of throws a wrench in it. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking at a list that had included Bill and Ted on great stoner movies. And I was like, <laughs> but they're not stoners. It's so weird. And yeah. further down the list was Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. And I was like, oh, yeah, that they totally are stoners. works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I completely forgot that that was like a big part of it. And I was just like, oh, well, yes. <laughs> for at least the reason that I owned it and it was on my shelf and we didn't mm-hmm. have to track it down online or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So And also, I hadn't seen it before. Exactly. To me, because obviously I've seen it plenty of times. Mm-hmm. I own it. Mm-hmm. I own the soundtrack. I've listened to it <laughs> countless times. I clearly enjoy the movie. Uh, but watching it again, it was like, that decently held up. Some parts still killed <laughs> in terms of just they're just funny moments mm-hmm. other moments that were probably funnier as a teenager mm-hmm. clearly came and went while i was watching it and i was like oh yeah okay that part exactly <laughs> but they were much fewer and far between than in like harold and kumar mm-hmm. where it was like oh god man the laughs are 30 40 minutes apart <laughs> in this movie this one much much more consistently funny mm-hmm uh, and I think a lot of that just rides on the back of Jack Black. Oh, absolutely. Like Kyle Gass is so fantastic. And I think mm-hmm. he is he needs to be regarded in Tenacious D as like an equal partner of being hilarious and talented and all oh, that yeah. kind of stuff. But to most of the public who are going to go and see this movie, they don't know Kyle Gass. They don't mm-hmm. know Tenacious D. Like it was a show, I think. On like, you know, like HBO or something like that for like a season or two Mm -hmm. where they were basically the plot of this movie of like trying to pay the rent, playing Mm -hmm. their songs. (laughs) And they were essentially the same two dudes like that was a really niche thing that Mm -hmm. not many people knew about. (laughs) So then making a movie, it was like, well, they're making the movie because Jack Black is gigantic now. You know what I mean? This was like right off the heels of like School of Rock. Oh, and stuff yeah. like that where it was like oh fuck this dude's <laughs> gonna be the dude for the next like decade mm-hmm. you can get something made just because he's a part of it so in this case right off the bat it feels like a jack black passion project mm-hmm. you know it's so weird <laughs> and so like left of center like not super duper crazy but at least like you know it's like how many people know who fucking ronnie james dio even is yeah for him to be in that opening <laughs> sequence like in the poster like there's like a fourth of the audience maybe who watched it and was like oh fuck Dio and everyone else is like okay so an old guy talks to him yeah what does that mean or the people who don't recognize Meatloaf as his dad oh. the singer Meatloaf is playing his dad at the beginning yep did and not. like when he sings at him it's like oh yeah that's Meatloaf's voice so he's the teenager I didn't really know who <laughs> Meatloaf is <laughs> 
That's great. I yeah. didn't catch that. <laughs> but like that that sort of stuff is is not exactly like swinging for the fences of like everyone's going to get mm-hmm. this and find this hysterical. Like there's a niche little mm-hmm. slice of the audience who is going to care about this, but it's like it's Jack Black soon. You got to make it. Yeah. Off the bat with that with the movie starting with like as a musical. <laughs> yes. Like and it just keeps going. I wrote Oh my God, is this the whole movie? Because it just kept going that he was just, it was just singing what was happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it would never, like, ever stop. It would just like narrate was, like the, the entire whole, film. The whole movie is sung. Like that's, that was my. That like, would like one completely unbroken song. Do you mean? I mean, <laughs> yeah. that would be the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it was literally a 90 minute song that narrated stuff. That was that was <laughs> happening in the movie. That was briefly what I anticipated. Oh, that's hysterical. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it just it it just makes sense for a Tenacious D movie to be like essentially a musical. Yeah. You know, where it's like <laughs> it it almost it kind of works like in universe and kind of meta, where it's like Tenacious D, these characters, and I mean Jack Black and Kyle Gass say it all the time as well that they're the greatest band in the world. You know what I mean? But it's like mm-hmm. these guys believe it so hard that it's like, well, of course the movie about them would have to be scored by them. Yeah, it couldn't be anyone else. <laughs> like <laughs> that that level of like egoism to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that kid, I gotta say, the casting for young Jack Black and young Kyle Gass, I thought mm-hmm. was pretty damn on the mark. Oh yeah, <laughs> very much so. And what. What a terrifying prosthetic for young Kyle Gass. Oh, the bald head. Yes. Yeah, that's embarrassing. But, <laughs> like you gotta uh, imagine, like that hurts even if even if the kid knows they're an actor. Like, mm-hmm. it's like still, man, that's okay. a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> but I did love that they gave him the sort of little like prancy walk that Kyle Gass <laughs> kind of has to like over exaggerate. Mm-hmm. You know, it almost feels like the they each coached the other's little kid to make them act <laughs> as like stereotypically like them. It's like, oh, Jack would totally do it like this. Yeah. And Kyle would act all prancy, you know, like <laughs> making fun of each other through it. I like to imagine that's what happened. But yeah, and and little JB, I love that too. Is that is the character's name is just JB. It's like it's just it's just Jack Black. Mm-hmm. It's just you don't really say it out loud. You call him JB or Jables. Yeah. Or something like that. And then Kyle Gass is just Kyle Gass. So he's KG, so he's Cage. But you hear his full name of Kyle Gass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's just it's just Jack Black. Yeah. And his adventure to Hollywood to become a rock star. Mm-hmm. Which is like I mean, that's sort of that's not really the plot of the movie. That's more the setup of the movie. Yeah. Because the plot of the movie really kicks in when they discover the pick of destiny and they and they realize that they they're going to come get it. it. They learn the pick of the, yeah, exactly. But yeah, once he once he gets to Hollywood, I like the fact that the movie really doesn't dawdle at all. Mm-hmm. It doesn't show like where does JB find a place to live or does he get like a side job or it's like no, it goes right to the fucking beach. Mm-hmm. To play his music, yeah. and he immediately runs into Kyle Gass playing his music, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's like, boom, okay, there you go. You don't have to waste any time doing this. Yeah, you just get them together as soon as you can because they're brilliant together, <laughs> and that <laughs> they're meant to be together. Exactly, and that classico song that, was- <laughs> that is probably my favorite song from the movie, and that's saying something. Yeah, because of how great some of the songs get, <laughs> especially towards the end. But just the the whole thing, just doing it to that classic tune Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and cursing so much <laughs> and that nonsense gibberish at the end when it's cutting back and forth between their like sweaty straining faces <laughs> oh that's such a killer little moment that was that that did get me <laughs> oh man how much older is kyle gas than than jack, jack black? black i have no idea i never really looked into it i don't think he's really that much older yeah i didn't think he was either unless the journey that jack black took to get to hollywood california uh-huh. was more than 20 years <laughs> which is or, i mean i'm assuming I I, there was like, that whole gag right off like right when he leaves where he he hits all the other hollywoods mm-hmm. in the united states i kind of assumed that that like took up his life and then he got to the real hollywood finally when he was like 30 so you okay. know that was sort yeah. of the, at least that's how i've always kind of looked at it yeah it's like he's because he's running to these places too you have to imagine like he doesn't have a car or anything and <laughs> He basically has no money, so it's just like he lived his whole life going to the wrong Hollywoods until finally getting to Hollywood, California. <laughs> I did I did like the, I guess, rivalry between the two of them at first, mm-hmm. where it's like they weren't like instant buds. Yeah. It's like KG's kind of a dick, and he like pretends to save him mm-hmm. from the guys that were beating him up, the like Clockwork Orange guys. Yeah. Who I'm pretty certain one of those guys was Jay Johnston. From uh, Mr. Show, he does uh, Jimmy Pesto oh. on Bob's Burgers. The guy who says the like, yeah, he's like a fucking baby, and they hit him, and he's oh, wee baby. I'm pretty sure that was Jay Johnston. Um, but yeah, he he pretends to save him from those guys, and he like lets him crash at his place, and mm-hmm. makes him think that he knows all these like heavy metal heroes, and that he's a songwriter and all that. I had kind of not necessarily forgotten about it. But in my head, you know, he's always the KG that we get towards the end of the movie. Where he's mm-hmm. a little subservient to Jack Black's character, you know, and he's mm-hmm. kind of the like, oh, like put upon by Jack Black's like zaniness. <laughs> uh, and so at the beginning when he's kind of like the mean guy or the like tough guy of the two of them, <laughs> even though they're not particularly tough, uh, it was a little off-putting at first. I was like, I don't like Cage in this movie. He's a real jerk. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, right. Okay. He comes around and he has that wonderful little moment when Jack Black finds out about it and he's like freaking out on him and he's like, why are you packing? <laughs> he's like, I got to move back home. No, oh, I'm not going to pay for my rent anymore. And then he brings out the guitar that he spent the rent money on that he gives to Jack Black, mm-hmm. which is like a super sweet little moment. And it's like a great like, oh, they're they're I guess they're buddies, mm-hmm. you know, and that's how they'll like kind of reconcile or whatever. But it, it, it did bring to mind. I didn't think of many of these while watching of like logical weirdness because mm-hmm. it's like it's fucking it's a Tenacious D movie. It's, it's <laughs> so weird. But the one thing that I realized was that just before that phone call, because the scene, the way the scene is set up, they do the gig simulator mm-hmm. and which is a pretty funny concept. <laughs> He's just smashing bottles on him and. <clears throat> the pizza guy's there. Yeah, Lee. <laughs> Lee is the greatest. I have a couple of notes about Lee. He, he he's fantastic. He's so good. But yeah, Lee is there, and and Jack Black totally loses it, and he tries to do the power slide, and he falls forward, and he crushes Monster Mash, his mm-hmm. acoustic guitar. Which I love the fact that its name is Monster Mash, <laughs> and I love how he's like sobbing about it, like yeah. I, I, I crushed Monster Mash. <laughs> And then, like, you know, I forget exactly what the dialogue between them, but then the phone rings 
And the answering machine picks up and it's Kyle Gass's mom mm-hmm. who's saying that she's not going to pay his rent anymore. Uh, and he has to get a real job. And then Jack Black realizes that he doesn't know any of these famous musicians and he's not a success and all that. Mm-hmm. And he freaks out on Cage. And Cage is like, oh, well, I already spent the rent money on this guitar. He brings it out and shows mm-hmm. it to him and all that. And I was like, he just broke Monster Mash. Like a moment yeah. ago. How did Kyle Gass know to buy him a new guitar? Like I get if he wanted him to have a nice guitar. Mm-hmm. But at the, it seemed like it was like, oh, here's your replacement. Even though it literally <laughs> happened moments ago. Like how did he have that ready? Maybe he broke his guitar the same way. <laughs> he knew he knew the gig simulator would do it to him. Like he's gonna try the power slide, he's gonna crush his guitar. I've seen it a million times. <laughs> also, I love that he tells Jack Black that that nobody passes the gig simulator the first time, including himself. And it's like, mm. who ran it? Yeah. <laughs> Have just extra long strings to release the bottles. Yeah, right. It's just so it's like that didn't happen. Nobody has ever taken the gig simulator before. <laughs> so he gives him the guitar. Oh, and then they and then they realize that they have the tattoos on their asses that yeah. spell out tenacious D. Which is like just such a such a staple of of like guy humor, you know what I mean? Of like yeah. it's on their butts, mm-hmm. ah, their butts. Look at their butts. <laughs> they pull their pants down, showing their butts. So it's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> um, and then they actually start playing like songs because <laughs> throughout the whole like start of the movie. They do that classico thing, mm-hmm. and then I think I feel like there's like one song that's or the baby song when he's going to sleep on the bench at night. Mm-hmm. He sings about how he's a baby, <laughs> and but then there's like not many while they're doing the like training yeah. for playing music, and so there's a little little lull from the musical, and then they finally start playing songs at. The uh, the open mic mm-hmm. with, uh, oh, I always forget his fucking name, but I remember his face. Paul F. Tompkins plays the MC. <laughs> oh, I forget exactly how the plot goes because it's like they go there because there's a cash prize because mm-hmm. they need, that's right, because they need the rent. Yeah. That's honestly like possibly my favorite thing about this whole movie <laughs> is that the whole thing is to pay the rent. Yep. Like that is, it's, it, they talk about how they'll like be rich and famous in the future, mm-hmm. but they know that their actual like tangible goal right now is that they need to pay the rent. Yeah. It's so funny. There, there's just certain lines about it later. <laughs> like the fact that it keeps coming up, like hammering it home that this is about the rent is, I don't know why it's so damn funny to me, but every time it like pops back up, I think it's great. But they play a song. I think they play the history of Tenacious D mm-hmm. <laughs> where they promise that it's not a bunch of made up shit. And yeah. then it's clearly a bunch of made up shit and uh, nobody seems to like it. I'm assuming that's the scene that Amy Adams was apparently in. Yes. Did oh, you see that, that in the her? credits too? Oh, okay. No, I saw her. Oh, okay. So then between the two of us, we have confirmed it was Amy Adams because yeah. I did not recognize Amy Adams. I didn't see her at she any was, point. She was like was headbanging along. Oh. She had just her natural red. Right. She was uh, sitting. Okay, so she wasn't the woman who like nodded to KG and then he nodded back and she looked all disgusted, right? That no, that her. was not her. Okay. She didn't have like a moment. Okay. She was just in the crowd. Okay. Yeah, because I saw in the credits Amy Adams. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? When? <laughs> That's hysterical though because I wrote the note, was that Amy Adams? <laughs> there were a couple of them through the movie that I wrote down that I was just like, was that? 
And then I was confirmed later for most of them. <laughs> was Colin Hanks one of them? Yes, Colin <laughs> Hanks was the frat boy who throws the, the cup at Cage's head. I like he looked familiar, but I couldn't place it. Yeah, it's it's tough because, you know, I mean, not to like disparage it or anything. It's not like we have like the biggest, giantest TV mm-hmm. and that shot. He's literally only in a big wide shot. Yeah. As Cage walks past him in the background and then he turns and throws something at him. You don't really get like a clear, mm-hmm. this is Colin Hanks money shot. Yeah. You know, so it's like, was it? Could it have been? It was. Yeah. Uh, the other one was. Uh, Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler. Holy shit. She was fantastic. She was so good. I completely forgot about her when she popped up. I was like, oh, my God. I was so happy. Uh, also, Jesus Christ, she looks like a baby. Yeah, right. She looks like she's like 21 years old. And the craziest thing is, I'm pretty sure this is at the exact same time that uh, she was in Mean Girls. Oh, wow. So it's like she was playing Rachel McAdams' mom yeah. at this point. Yeah. And yet she looked like a fucking teenager in this movie. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. But yeah, she was fantastic. I uh, loved her. <laughs> just deadpan the whole time. Yeah, it was it was pretty fantastic. And then in that exact same scene, I don't know if you know who Tim Robbins is, because I feel like you, uh, this is one that I always forget, you have not seen Shawshank Redemption? I have not. Okay, he's the lead guy in Shawshank Redemption. He's okay. in other stuff too. That's what most people know him from though, Okay, is that. But he's he's normally a more serious actor. Mm-hmm. Um, even in a comedy movie, he's kind of like a goofy straight man kind of dude, like a Hudsucker Proxy, which is a Coen Brothers movie he's in. But he's normally like a very like everyman kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And then in this movie, he's playing this like hulking Russian monster. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bizarre and so hysterical. And I honestly loved I forgot how much I loved his performance. Like when he came in, I was like, oh, right, right, right. He's this like big, scary guy. (laughs) And then by the end of his little chunk of the movie, I was like, oh, that's why I remember loving him so much. Like, oh, he was so good. Um, But where the fuck was I? Oh, right. They need to pay the rent. (laughs) And they they're trying to jam and they keep just not getting anything good. Mm hmm. And then JB sees the magazines with all the like rock gods on them, you know, like, oh, these guys, they're so good. Why aren't we like them? Mm-hmm. And then KG's like, well, they all use the same guitar pick. Yeah. And it's that weird green pick of destiny that then sort of sets them on their journey for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Starting at Guitar Center. Starting at Guitar Center, <laughs> which I mean. I, with. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I I know who it is, but I am like completely brain farting on his name. He's Zoolander. He is. Yep. He certainly is. <laughs> <laughs> You're just gonna have to say it because <laughs> I'm not gonna get there. <laughs> ben Stiller. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, Ben Stiller is the fucking. <laughs> Uh, Coheed and Cambria haired <laughs> rocker dude <laughs> at fucking Guitar Center. Did you notice his point? Like when he was walking down the hall with them and telling him like this way to go and talk to him. He did the fucking rock horns <laughs> as his point. Like, this way, he's such a rocker. Um, I I enjoyed him in this too. I, I yeah. Some people have issues with Ben Stiller. Think that he's like a, a bit much. It's like, I mean, well, he can this is be one scene, but small doses. Yeah, you just so get the perfect. one scene. There's no problem with that. Um, and he explains to them what the pick of destiny is, or it's literally a chunk of the devil's tooth mm-hmm. that was knocked out, and it gives everyone the power of Satan. 
mm-hmm. and therefore makes you shred real hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did enjoy those animations showing like the history of it and showing <laughs> the guy like fighting back the demon and all that. Mm-hmm. And then the one dude shredding electric on guitar licks on the loot. Yeah, like <laughs> that was fun. that was killer. <laughs> um, <laughs> But so then they 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 get all that info from him. They realize like, oh shit, we gotta we gotta go get that. Yeah, we gotta find the pick. Last place it was is I I was expecting them to go to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I was I thought it was the fucking Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and they even said Rock and Roll History Museum, like the I I believe fictional place. I don't think that exists. Probably yeah. But they even said it out loud, and my head just like auto corrected it to like <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. All right, they're gonna go to Cleveland. And then they tell Lee when they're taking his car that they're going to Sacramento. And I was like, oh, are they just lying to him while they go to Cleveland? And then they go to Sacramento. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> it's like, oh, right. This is a fictional place. They're not, <laughs> they're not going all the way to Cleveland. Uh, but it did show me. I was like, oh, my God. Every one of the movies that we've seen for this month for stoner movies, the one through line through all of them is that it, it is at least partially a road movie. Hmm. You know, like yep. that seems to be a pretty integral part of the uh, of the formula. Yeah. Get two stoners in a car. They got to go do shit. Exactly. You find something. <laughs> there were a couple other things that I realized while watching it that was like, oh, shit. Now that we've now that this is like the last one, I've kind of, you know, I've been able to sort of follow all these through lines from each movie to the next movie and how mm-hmm. similar they are. For one, uh, dream sequences mm-hmm. are huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this movie has a couple of hysterical <laughs> ones. I like uh. that that JB's when they're like first starting their drive to Sacramento, uh-huh. he falls asleep in the car. Yeah, yeah. And his dream starts just at the open mic night. Mm-hmm. Like he, he isn't dreaming of like a big huge concert down the <laughs> yeah, road. Not yet. It's that open mic night because <laughs> they got to pay the rent. <laughs> yeah, and it just gets more and more absurd throughout it. Yeah. That fucking master <laughs> exploder song. That's a pretty great one. <laughs> um, so yeah, dream sequences are huge. I wrote poop jokes. Always poop jokes. Mm-hmm. There's still poop jokes even in this. There's a poop joke in every one of the movies, even if it's not like a specific like look at that poop. <laughs> There's still something like uh, like you know Cheech. And the burrito mm-hmm. that he eats, <laughs> like, and it's making him have to shit. Also, uh, dog shit in that. Oh one yeah, too. dog shit in the joint. Uh, Jane Silent Bob, you know, all the fart jokes, but especially at the beginning where he's talking about where he puts the rolling papers in his in his underwear <laughs> so he doesn't get shit stains on his undies. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the battle shits from Harold and Kumar, mm-hmm. and this one in that in the bathroom scene when. <laughs> <laughs> when fucking Tim Robbins says pick of destiny and Jack Black shits into the toilet. Like, okay. They're still not funny, even yeah. in this movie. Like it still doesn't doesn't quite get me at all. It would have to be masterful to make me laugh at it. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it's it's not funny enough just to have like a sound effect. Yeah. Um this is the second one we've done with a laser room. Jane Silent Bob Strike Back has the laser room that the girls have to get through. And then this one, they have to get through it in the fucking Rock and Roll History Museum. And uh, but I will say that it does have this one does have probably one of the most realistic depictions of stoners when they're literally just sitting on the couch, kind of barely watching cartoons. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like, there you go. Yeah. All these other ones where it's like, oh, we're going to go do all these things and whatever. They just, they look, they look terrible. Their eyes are all squinty. They're just like, Ugh. 
uh, staring at the TV. <laughs> they may have actually been stoned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like that. I'll give it. I'll give it a point for that. <laughs> oh, I did write down my favorite of Tim Robbins' lines. Mm-hmm. I miss that sweet ass leg of mine. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that was kind of what really hit me. Of like, oh god, that's right. Because the first sequence when they're sitting at the table. Or they're sitting at the counter of the diner, mm-hmm. and JB is like writing out his plan for breaking into the Rock and Roll History Museum. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm this close to calling it Hall of Fame, <laughs> and then he's like, you know, telling him about, you know, he he knows what he's doing, and mm-hmm. you know, he can help him or something like that. Yeah. And that whole sequence, I was like, he's weird and creepy, and it's kind of funny just because I know it's Tim Robbins, but <laughs> he hasn't done anything like really super funny, and I'm like. It was this funnier in my head years and years ago that I just don't remember. And then as soon as he fucking pulled out the the fucking, oh, I missed that sweet ass leg of mine. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Not only is the line hysterical, but how much he throws himself into it and clearly is like, I am this guy. I believe this. Oh, he misses that leg. <laughs> oh, that was killer. And then he does. He gets a great moment at the end after they do get the pick out of the hall of fame when uh when he like they, they they're leaving and he just pops up out oh, of nowhere yeah. with the knife he's like come here and give that to me <laughs> what no we're not going over there well then wait there and i will come to you <laughs> clearly he cannot get to them with his fake leg mm-hmm. and then when the cops show up catch me if you can and they just leisurely walk up to him and he's easily caught that's pretty great i know i already said right at the top that classico is probably my favorite song Mm -hmm. um but there is a very 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 uh large place in my heart for break-in city (laughs) or storm the gate when jack black is fucking storming the building to get into it if only for the two air vents moment in that song when jack black realizes that the camera is above him and the song reacts to it with him realizing it (laughs) two air vents on the roof that's what the guy was talking to shit he sees the camera oh my god that is that is just it's so fucking funny to me i don't know exactly what it is again like that the whole like you know there's a song that is not in the movie it's not being performed Mm -hmm. but it's reacting to it as though it didn't know this was coming (laughs) you know like Like you're just hearing the song that's in jack black's head exactly yeah exactly (laughs) which is fucking awesome that's great and i love that at the end of it he dives head first into the vent and it ends as it should (laughs) where he's like crumpled in a heap at the bottom of it landing on his head like oh my god (laughs) that was something i think he was really great with in this movie and jack black is really great in the whole movie for a lot of different reasons but i i like he didn't really like pull any punches when it came to scenes where he's getting hurt or it's mm-hmm. like it really felt like he got hurt. oh yeah <laughs> you know he didn't play it off super cartoony or was just like oh or like ouch he was literally like ah! <laughs> after getting hurt it was pretty brilliant um and i mean like the music and that kind of stuff is really what sets it apart from other movies mm-hmm. like other stoner movies other just comedy movies in general yeah because overall truthfully it all kind of it just does what it 
it does what it needs to to get where it needs to go and it you know to do the sort of same beats that you're used to it's mm-hmm. like of course they have to argue about something and they have yeah. to break up and it's made tolerable because they make the music for the scene <laughs> the dude i totally miss you <laughs> you know where it's like it makes it into its own joke yeah instead of just being like and then we're gonna play a sad song here but in this case, it's like, no, it's super silly because <laughs> the song is written by them. <laughs> but, you know, so they break up and then they reunite. Quick side note. Uh-huh. Did you catch who voiced Sasquatch? That was John C. Riley. Oh, okay. That is one of my favorite parts of the movie. Simply like, because I, it's John C. Riley as Sasquatch. I couldn't place it. I was I like, know. I know this voice, mm-hmm. but I just... Oh, and I had like recently watched Wreck It Ralph. Yeah. I mean, he it's he is so fucking good. It's, it's such a small moment. But I love I love that one. I think I love that dream sequence better than the Master Exploder one. Simply because and it's not again, not that it's necessarily an original joke, it's just how well it's pulled off of after he eats the mushrooms. And the whole forest turns into a cartoon and then he sees Sasquatch and it's John C. Riley, and it's hilarious. And he becomes a Sasquatch. <laughs> You're my little baby, Sas. Like, oh, my God. So fucking weird. Clearly a Jack Black idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, and then I'll meet Sasquatch. Um, but it's it's when it's cutting, when it's smash cuts between what he's imagining and what's actually happening. Like, the fact that it doesn't do that at all up to the first one, you know, it, like mm-hmm. the, the placement of the first cut back to real action is so important. Where it's like, instead of showing him, like, walking through the cartoon forest and then cutting to him walking through like regular bushes mm-hmm. you know and kind of deadening that joke immediately of like oh haha yeah he's imagining the fact that the first smash cut is when him and sasquatch are inner tubing down the like candy river <laughs> and then it just bam cuts back to jack black in like rapids <laughs> Just feel like ragdolled through the water, like and loving shit. it. Yeah, but it's just like, oh my god, that is not like it's not just like, oh, he fell in a creek. It's like, oh my god, he's going down river and then flying with Sasquatch. So he climbs up the tree. When it the cut back while he's singing might be my favorite, just because he's he's being so silly. Like I'm normally not particularly like tickled by someone just sort of being silly mm-hmm. you know it's like there, there's a lot i like about like jim carrey but at certain points it just stops being necessarily funny and it's just like oh huh, okay mm-hmm. I, I see what you're doing so it, it doesn't always work for me but that specific line the fact that his eyes are closed because he's hallucinating <laughs> but he's like dancing on the, the tree branch that he's like huddled onto and he's singing the song that is being played in his hallucination that got me like is my puppy and the- <laughs> something about it just kills it's because it's jack black it, it really is there's so much to this movie that is just because it's jack black mm-hmm. his facial comedy mm-hmm. like just his face and the control he has of his face and eyebrows and all of that is on a completely different planet oh yeah than anybody else and the number of times he looked like Jack Nicholson in this Oh, yeah, movie he's got... He, was, like, the, off the charts. The eyebrows, man. Yeah. <laughs> there are some fantastic faces in this movie, especially 
in in the the lip syncing moments you know what i mean where like, like where he's he's performing the song in the movie yeah and just like the the faces he would make while hitting certain notes it was just like you you know that that was just like a really well thought out thing mm-hmm. you know it's like that's not really what his face looked like when he was singing that note but it's way funnier if he does it like that you know oh man and then when they harmonized the fuck <laughs> when the I devil guess. shows up oh man <laughs> that is a that is it's tough too because Biel's a boss is a fucking great song that ending song mm-hmm. where it goes from them to the devil back to them back to the devil the devil does his fucking rock off mm-hmm. they do theirs it's so huge and epic and i i love it so much <laughs> and i don't think it would be well i mean it would be pretty damn funny anyway but if it didn't start with that <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I would like it as much. It's so funny. The fact that just the devil pops up after they destroy the pick. Because of course they do. Because they're idiots. (laughs) And they destroy the pick and it turns out that the MC at the open mic night was the devil in disguise (laughs) waiting to find his pick. Like, did he really think that someone was going to show up to this open mic night with that pick? Like, did he not realize that it would be at the fucking museum? If he could be a man in the world and affect things? (laughs) So many questions. But he's the devil. (laughs) And then he turns into Dave Grohl as the devil. Yes. Which is so fantastic. And it's obviously a... Well, I mean, at least he does the voice. He he sings for the devil and does like the vocal thing. I'm assuming he was actually in it based on the credits. Because I feel like it just said, like, the devil mm-hmm. and then Dave Grohl. Yeah. I just wasn't sure because they put him in a lot more makeup. Yeah. Um, wow. Because it, I don't know if you know the uh, the music video for Tribute back in the day that Tenacious D had. They, you know, In the song, they talk about meeting with the demon in the middle of the road. And it's, mm-hmm. J- or it's, it's Dave Grohl. Okay. Even back then. Yeah. <laughs> But he had way less makeup, and you could really tell that it was Dave Grohl. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, it's way more prosthetics. And I was like, is that even him? Or do they just have his voice? But I, I it's probably yeah, him. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to assume that it's him. Yeah, he's Why like, wouldn't it be him? Yeah, it seems like right <laughs> up his alley. Like, oh, yeah. I get to play the devil in a movie? Awesome. Oh, I'm sure he would love like being all like done up in the makeup and <laughs> prosthetics and shit. Uh, he seems like a goofy guy that would just love to have that done. <laughs> but yeah, that, that whole fucking ending song is so epic so many back and forths and little things uh i wish you know you could just sit and just like play it but you can do that at home yeah you're listening just go find Bielsa boss and listen to it it's <laughs> such a good song and it's a great little ending to it i don't think they get the rent <laughs> like they send the devil to hell again yeah does <laughs> he still pay their rent yeah, like how like- do they how do they swing that because they said that if they win that he'll pay their rent. Mm-hmm. And then he basically declared them losers at the end. Yeah. And he's like, you guys are fucking lame. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> but you guys are fucking lame. Come on, Cage, you're coming with me. Yeah. And he takes and he's going to take him. So essentially, like, they lost. Mm-hmm. But then since since Jack Black redirected his, <laughs> his lightning, taste my lightning, <laughs> and it bounces off the guitar and it hits the devil's horn and it falls off and he takes it and he curses him back to hell. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, so I guess they didn't win, so he doesn't have to pay their rent? I don't know how they do. Yeah. 
uh, <laughs> go in and win the contest? I guess. But uh, if they do, then the movie just didn't show it. It was hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> like, so they went and they did the thing they've been meaning to do this whole time. But yeah. that wasn't important. <laughs> Let's just Because then on. they're back at the apartment. Yeah, they're just hanging out yeah. and everything's cool. They're smoking out of the devil's horn. Yeah. <laughs> also, I, I don't think I've ever heard that line before. At the very end, the draws like a pencil. <laughs> That's fucking hysterical. Oh, man. I mean, plot-wise, that's pretty much everything. That's, that's the end it's, of it, It yeah. doesn't have much to go on because, I mean, it, it, it really does feel, and padded sounds wrong because it's like, if the padding is making you laugh, it's a comedy, so what do you care? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it really feels, you know, it's like they got dream sequences on dream sequences <laughs> and, you know big long song sections so it's like there's not much plot yeah it's like they're broken up what do they do well they don't really do much there's a little montage and there's a song over it and then by the next scene they're in together they're friends again yeah because who cares it's not that's not what we're here for we're not like oh my god will they be friends again it's like you know they're gonna be friends again (laughs) there's no need to worry about that kind of stuff that's not the issue the issue is the rent exactly (laughs) that's why they found it home so much But yeah, I think my favorite, my like sort of hidden gem thing is like if you had asked me about this movie and and like what I remembered and what I thought was funny, you know, I'd definitely tell you the break in song, the classico song, the whole ending thing. I would have absolutely forgotten about how funny Lee is. The pizza guy friend of theirs. Mm-hmm. He is such a delight. He really I, is. I wrote it here. I was like, Lee is so trusting and supportive. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs a friend like Lee. <laughs> Where like even when he's watching his car in a high speed pursuit on TV and he calls his car phone and Jack Black answers clearly in a car chase yeah. and he still asks them how their meeting went. Yeah. Like, how'd that meeting go, guys? Like, I'm hoping that that's all you were doing, and I'm praying that this isn't actually you, but it's totally you. <laughs> he's not even really mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> just trying to get them to like say that that's what's happening <laughs> yeah oh man he's that that dude is too funny he was such a great support in the audience of the open mic night and then he had the like homemade tenacious d oh shirt. my god that's right that's right <laughs> that was hysterical he's like their one real huge fan mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, like one and only fan yeah. is lee I love the fact and, and and that he wanted to sit in on the gig simulator for JB mm-hmm. where it's like this is before they're even tenacious D mm-hmm. it's still the Kyle gas experiment that yeah. Jack Black is auditioning <laughs> for and they haven't really played together ever all he's seen of them is that classico thing on the beach and he was mm-hmm. like that was awesome dudes so when he delivers the pizza to them and he wants to sit in and fucking he takes half off the price of the pizza <laughs> as like admission yeah it's like this dude what a fucking ride or die man <laughs> saw one thing on the boardwalk yeah that was it and he, he was sold exactly that's so fucking great he is the greatest i don't know if he's like a character or anything in any other Tenacious D media. I have no clue if that's like a part of their actual like lore. Mm-hmm. Or, you know how the band got together or whatever. Yeah. But if not, then he is a fantastic addition. Because holy crap. <laughs> he's so funny. So wrapping up Stoner Movie Month. With the four movies that we chose. Mm-hmm. They all involve pot, marijuana in some way. Mm-hmm. Which of these movies plot was 
the most affected by marijuana or influenced by? Because, uh, you know, you think about Jane Silent Bob, it's really not at all. No, it's not. They just happen to be dealers. Yeah, and, that's and just smoking. their character. Yeah. That's just what they do anyway. Mm-hmm. But the plot really barely has anything to do with it. Even though the movie they're going to stop is called Blunt Man and Chronic. Yeah. <laughs> still, the movie itself that we're watching mm-hmm. of them crossing the country barely has anything to do with weed. Yeah. Tenacious D also. Yeah. Also very much the same deal where it's like it's almost uh, just a thing that they happen to do. Mm-hmm. But nothing, none of their actions are dictated by it. Right. Unless, well, no, I'm not even going to count like, oh, they did something dumb because they were stoned. That doesn't count. No. It's got to be like, we need to get weed or like, oh, my God. Yeah. We're out of weed or, you know, well, that's <laughs> sort of the same thing. But, <laughs> you know, oh, we have too much weed or <laughs> whatever the hell it is. You know, no, no, none of their actions are really ever because of that. The, the only thing in Jay and Silent Bob is that they get arrested at the beginning mm-hmm. for selling out in front of the stores. Yeah. And that's kind of it. Because they don't even like, it's not even like they go to jail and it becomes a huge thing. They mm-hmm. just get a restraining order and they can't go to the stores anymore. So they're mad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's really it. But with Tenacious D, it's nothing really at yeah, all. Yeah, you could take the pot out of the movie. And yeah. then all you would do is lose the smoking out of the devil's horn at the end. Exactly. There's really there's nothing that you would miss. Yeah. Cheech and Chong, I mean, it's hard to say simply because like plot of the movie yeah <laughs> it's so so meandering mm-hmm. um, i mean but their their goal is to score some smoke true that's that's a huge thing and uh it's like they they are doing that for a while and then mm-hmm. they go down to tijuana to pick up his uncle's upholstery truck but they think they're picking up a real upholstery truck yeah and then oh right but then so they pick up the weed car but then they're still looking for weed that's the, like the joke of the whole thing that's yeah. right yeah <laughs> so you really yeah the whole movie is kind of predicated on them looking for weed so that it might be the most mm-hmm. because even though Harold and Kumar only want the white castle because they're super stoned mm-hmm. or were they were super stoned when they saw the ad yeah i'm sure their high wore off at certain points yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. but yeah it's really more their actions are for White Castle, mm-hmm. even though they get sidetracked from that to go find weed, mm-hmm. so that so one is little, pretty. It's yeah, a little bit. A little bit. It's second place behind behind Cheech White and Castle. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking a yeah. different way than you were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want one final little thing that I remembered. I for some reason I didn't write it down, but I remembered as a through line for some of the movies, not all of them. Uh, you can take out. Harold and Kumar. Harold and Kumar does not have this. But all of these movies end with a performance. <laughs> There's the rock off in Tenacious D. Yeah. There's Morris Day and the Time at the end yeah, of Jane and Silent Bob. Right. And then there's Cheech and Chong's <laughs> band who rip it up at the end of Up and yes, Smoke. Yeah, the Battle of Bands. Yeah. yeah. So it's like they, a lot of them have big music numbers towards the end of it, which is pretty hysterical too to be like, oh, hey, look at that. <laughs> the weird little through line there. Which of those was your favorite? Uh, Cheech and Chong. That one was really good. I'm, I in my heart of hearts, I feel like I'm partial to uh, Morris Day and the Time. I mean, Jungle Love is just so good. <laughs> uh. I just I love seeing Cheech jump around in the like tutu. And yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Like, it was pretty great. <laughs> it was just letting go. And it was and a killer song. Yes, like the fact that it was an original 
killer song. Like Jungle mm-hmm. Love is great, and uh, it, that's still the time playing it, so it's their original song. Mm-hmm. But it's it wasn't still, original yeah, for the movie, exactly. So it's like okay, that could give it an edge. Yeah, that's a pretty good choice, though. Um, so yeah, I think that's gonna wrap it up for this month on uh, popcorn for dinner. Uh, Stoner movie month is over. Next month we are, I believe, we are looking at doing video game movies mm-hmm. so we're going to see if we can get a hold of video game movies get, like get a get enough of them for sure that we know we can watch yeah. so that we can <laughs> fill out a month so we don't get like two episodes in and then go like fuck <laughs> <laughs> so we will uh we will definitely be like looking into that for next month's shows mm-hmm. but uh that wraps it up here for this week on popcorn for dinner this is jeff and kelly oh i missed that sweet ass leg of mine <laughs> <laughs>